Hello, everyone, and welcome to our daily Ag Newsmaker interview here today. I'm Lori Boyer, and I'm joined by Ron Meyer for our monthly check-in. He's CSU Extension Specialist in Kit Carson County, and always good to get your information and your expertise. You've been doing this for a long time, Ron. How many years have you been in your position? Oh, gosh, you know, I've been here 31 years with Colorado State University and nine years before that with North Dakota State University. So I've been involved in agriculture for a long, long time. I knew it'd been a while, Ron. I knew it'd been a while. So thank you for joining me today. And this is the time of year that you send out reminders and talk to folks to make sure they're checking their bins for grain quality. That's right. Yeah. So we have a lot of stored grain in Colorado. And uh, so if you haven't checked those bins, you and I discuss this every time and we need to, because if you haven't checked those bins recently, it's time to take a look at them and uh, make sure that grain doesn't go out of storage. So that, you know, that grain bin is like a a bank account. And so you certainly check your bank account every so often. You'd want to do the same thing with your stored grain, because if there were any problems at harvest time, they're going to show up in that bin and grain going out of condition just does one thing. It costs you money. So make sure you get uh, to all your stored grain, um, walk around that storage. Uh, The first thing that happens is uh, grain starts to heat up, then it starts to ferment. So you'll smell it. Uh, So you can feel the bin and smell the bin, uh, make sure everything's okay. Um, The other thing, uh, so, you know, for the walk arounds, if you're not smelling or feeling anything out of sorts um, with help, get up on top of those bins uh, if you don't have internal monitors. And the easiest way to do it, uh, you know, I've talked about that before, just get a metal pole of some kind, Uh, pipe works just fine. Put it down in the middle of that pile, let it sit there for a few minutes, bring it back out and touch it. If it's cool to the touch, that grain's okay. If there's any heat generated at all, that grain is going out of condition and you need immediate action to to save it. What would that immediate action be? First thing you have to do is get that grain out of there and uh, get it dried down. So it's heating up just because there's some moisture causing problems. So uh, remove the grain from that bin, get it dried down. Uh, you can sell it at that time or put it back in the bin uh, in in a drier condition. All right. Well, unless there's anything else on grain bins, let's talk about where we're at with wheat right now. Yeah. So we've got wheat in southern southeastern part of the state that is starting to break dormancy because of the mild winter and warm temperatures. And I would expect here in the next month, the rest of the wheat crop in eastern Colorado is going to break dormancy as well. What that means for wheat farmers is you need to be out there walking around those fields uh, and check for weeds. So, um, you know, when wheat starts to break dormancy, weeds are waking up as well. And so just keep that in mind that uh, uh, a weedy wheat field costs you money. No one wants that. Uh, And also, if you let weeds go to seed, you've got a bigger problem the next year. So uh, just kind of start as that wheat starts to green up, walk through those fields, take a look at the situation out there. Uh, You know, if you've got some weeds coming, get them addressed. So bottom line is have a herbicide plan of action in place because uh, Mother Nature is always one step ahead of us. There will be weeds in wheat fields, and you just have to have a plan to address that. Do you think it's going to cost more for producers then, because we are breaking dormancy earlier and need to probably perhaps treat more this year? Uh, Possibly, yeah. So, you know, the good stewards out there uh, have taken care of weeds, and so that means the seed bank may be down. But 
if you get a field or two that gets away from you as far as weeds go, uh, they produce seed. And now you've got, you know, three or four years down the road, you're going to be battling that seed bank again. So uh, just got to be cognizant of that. Uh, you know, it costs a lot of money to control weeds, but you're saving yourself wheat yield this year, but also problems down the road, uh, as long as you don't let those seeds go to weed, uh, weeds go to seed. And, and that happens, uh, you know, sometimes the canopy is hiding weeds and you don't even see them if you're not out there walking around. And so it's just a fact of life in agriculture, uh, weeds are going to be an issue. And I've even seen fields that were cleaned up nicely for a few years and, you know, you get weeds blown around and animals transfer weed seeds and all of a sudden you got a new infestation. So it's just really important to get out in those fields early, take a look. And if you don't have the time or the expertise to scout your fields, there are commercial scouts out there that will be doing, be happy to do that for you. You know, you spend a little bit of extra money, but uh, for the most part, it's worth it to have somebody looking at that field throughout the season. And then those scouts oftentimes can help you to come up with a strategy, a treatment strategy, right? That's so true. Yeah, they're, you know, this winter season is training season for not only farmers, but crop scouts. And so they are busy. Uh, most of them are certified crop advisors, which means they need credits to maintain their licenses. And so they are busy during the wintertime. And I interact with a lot of them during the wintertime. They're busy getting themselves trained and uh, they're studying the new technologies, the new chemistries. The, sometimes we get a new test moving in. They're experts in that subject and we'll have a plan in place to be able to help you. Regarding, you know, there's weeds out there. There are so, also insects out there. And so uh, the wheat stem softfly is one of those attacking wheat started in northern Colorado. It's moving south. And so that's another pest that uh, we need to be watching for. So again, wheat stem softfly is one of those that uh, is going to be around for a while. Well, since we're talking about plans, let's talk about dryland farming and plans for that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the irrigated guys probably have their seed and herbicide and fertilizer plan in place. If they don't, it's time to settle that up and, and get it firmed. But the dryland acres sometimes wait, but, you know, mostly because we don't know what the moisture situation is going to be like. So we've had a little bit of winter moisture now. Uh, moisture situation is decent. And so for those making plans for dryland acres, do a couple of things. Number one, uh, decide what you're going to plant. So it'll, if it's a spring crop, that means corn or sorghum or sunflowers or millet. So get your seed in place. Uh, you know, I've talked about that. The, uh, you know, the best varieties go first. And so it's always best to order your seed early. Uh, so now is the time to firm up that seed order and trying to get the variety you want. And then regarding what crop you choose. So there's, we have a lot of options in Colorado. That's, that's the wonderful thing about farming here. So we can go corn, dryland corn, we can go Milo, uh, millet, sunflowers, you know, feed, all good choices. And so have a, you know, your seed plan in place, get it ordered. And then there's fertility and herbicide to be concerned about too, because we talked about weeds. Weeds are just ever present for us. They're just out here. So your herbicide package will depend on the crop you plant. And so that's important to know that. So, uh, you know, again, you talk to your seedsman about your seed need. Talk to your chemistry person about your herbicide needs and uh, get those plans in place because uh, when spring breaks, you know, we, we get awful busy and it's hard to sit down and start planning 
when you're supposed to be out there working on equipment, planting and doing all that other stuff. So always best to get a plan in place and then uh, talk to the people who can help you out with that plan. And that way, when you're ready to go, you pull the trigger on it and you've got uh, seed herbicide showing up and you're ready to go. A couple other things we want to get in here today, I think are very important. And one of those is chemistry changes. So tell me more about that. If you can explain yeah. So you're right. Uh, yeah. So agriculture is just a highly regulated industry. Our city cousins don't understand that, but anything, any herbicide uh, we use is regulated. Uh, EPA has uh, regulations in effect, and there are a number of other agencies too that for a new chemistry, herbicide, insecticide, fungicide to be labeled, it has to be approved and uh, by a number of agencies. And so those things change. Uh, we get chemistry pieces taken out of production agriculture. Uh, and so now we can talk about one of those that got put back in. So Lors ban, which is chlorpyrifos, uh, was uh, eliminated from our toolbox. Uh, it's an insecticide uh, about two years ago. Now EPA has reconsidered their bringing Lorsban back, and so it is relabeled for all of the crops it was labeled for previously. So that's important. So if you need an insecticide, Lorsban's a pretty good product. Uh, it's got slight systemic activity. Uh, it has a wide range of insects that it controls, and so it's now available to us again, and uh, so that's important. So I'm not quite sure why it was brought back. I haven't looked into the politics of it, but uh, for some reason, um, it's back in the toolbox. That's good news for agriculture. Yeah, I know there is a lawsuit on it, but I I don't know all the details either. But I do know it it did get some it did get litigated. I do know that. Right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, as a result of that, uh, we'll have it this year for this summer's needs for those that need it. And then finally, um, there are some pesticide changes here in Colorado, and you have some pesticide workshops coming up, right? Yeah, private pesticide recertification. Uh, so yeah, so we talked about regulation in agriculture. We're, we're highly, a uh, highly regulated industry. And so anybody that uh, purchases pesticides has to be licensed. That means they have to study, pass an exam, and uh, then they get their license. And once you get your license for either the commercial pesticide applicators or the private pesticide applicators, then you have that license is good for three years. Anytime in that three years, if you get your credits, you can recertify and get relicensed. The other option is if you don't get your credits, you just simply retest. So one way or another, you have to get your, your license brought back to you. You can do that through taking credits or, or retesting. No one wants to retest. So for the most part, our winter meeting schedule is uh, filled with recertification meetings. And we've got two more coming up in March and uh, they will be in Julesburg and Burlington. And then there's another one. If you miss all of those in April, there'll be one down in Lamar. And so um, for those private pesticide applicators that need the seven core credits to get recertified, March and April are coming up and you can get recertified. And the way to get registered is you just simply Google our website. So Colorado State University, Golden Plains area, and uh, that'll get you to the site. You can get registered and uh, you'll be ready to go. Ron, we're out of time for today. This is a lot of great information. Thank you so much for sharing. Lori, always good to be with you. Once again, Ron Meyer, Kit Carson County CSU Extension Specialist, my guest today. I'm Lori Boyer.